Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. Let's get started because this first story uh, involves one of the main players in the Tim Bosma trial. He was essentially at the center of it. And now he's getting some attention for what he has uncovered in, I think, one of the most iconic images of our time. This is a 1945 picture. It's the one of the six Marines raising the flag at the site of one of the bloodiest World War II battles, of course. I'm talking about Iwo Jima. And the uh, picture has, you know, you've seen it everywhere. Clint Eastwood made a movie about it. it you can see it on postage stamps, won a Pulitzer Prize. Um, it is a symbol for the American Marines. And so this picture has been around forever, and several of the surviving soldiers went on to a life of glory and fame. And now we learn that one of the six men in the photo was identified, misidentified. Navy medical specialist John Bradley was actually never part of the flag raising. And it's this Hamilton man who seems to be the one who figured it out. He is a forensic video analyst. His name is Michael Plaxton, and I'm so glad you can join us today. Hey, Michael. Happy to be here, Alex. So, of course, this story caught my attention because I remember hearing rumblings about it during the Bosma trial. And then, you know, I got distracted. And then I was happy to see that you're not just the star of, of the one show, but you're getting a lot of attention about this. How did you get involved in this particular exploration? Um, I got a call last fall from the production company that's making a documentary called The uh the unknown flag raiser of Iwo Jima. And initially, they didn't say what photograph they wanted me to analyze. They just said it was uh, an iconic photograph, as you said, and uh, would I be interested in doing that? Um, And I said yes. So uh, we proceeded from there. And so how is it that you go about figuring out? Because if you look at the picture, and I looked at it carefully, um, you don't see any faces of any of the soldiers. You don't see the obvious. And so how did you go about using your expertise in figuring out who was who or who was not who? Well, a part of a forensic uh, analysis of video or images is comparison work. And uh, that's how I proceeded here. Basically, I looked at all of the equipment that each man uh, was wearing in the photograph, and then I compared that equipment as well as any other unique features I could find out uh, about their uniforms and their equipment with other photographs and a 16-millimeter film that were taken uh, during that day. And so you essentially then... And I, I think most of your work, and correct me if I'm wrong, being in forex, you have to kind of painstakingly look at details, small, minute details that may go missed by most of us. But you take those and you what? You you um, compare them. How do you do it? With overlays on top? Um, no, not in this case. In this case, you know, um, soldiers wear uniforms, but the uniforms can be as distinctive as the soldier. They all have their own way of um, uh, wearing their kit and their their uniform. And also, uh, because of the fact that these guys had been in a a pitched battle for four days before they uh, raised the flag, uh, you can imagine that there was damage to parts of the uniform. So basically what, what I did was I treated the whole thing 
just like I would um, a crime scene. And so I went through each of the men in question in the photograph and not only identified their equipment, but I also looked for things like rips and tears, uh, scuff marks on their uh, uniforms, uh, damaged equipment, uh, all those sorts of things. And once I'd identified all that on on those two men, then I proceeded to look at the same details on all of the other men that were present that day. How long does this take? I mean, I have to think that this takes a little bit of time. Uh, all told, it, it took about three weeks for me to go through uh, everything. I was supplied with the uh, uh, 16-millimeter film and also about 50 uh, photographs that were taken by various uh, marine photographers that day. Why Why does it matter uh, for us to, I guess, uh, get to the bottom of this? I mean, was there a personal kind of hunger within you to get to the bottom of this? Did something come forward that someone said, we need to re-examine this picture? What was it that sparked the investigation? What actually sparked the investigation uh, started a few years back when the uh, Marine Technical Advisor on the movie uh, Flags of Our Fathers realized that there was something amiss uh, with the uniform worn by the man in the uh, photograph identified as John Bradley. And he noticed that because uh, his job was to ensure everybody was uh, dressed authentically. And when he was dressing the actor who played John Bradley, uh, he realized that the equipment that uh, John Bradley wore that day was quite different uh, from the equipment worn by the man in the photograph, and so as a f- retired Marine, it, it it became sort of a hobby of his to, to look at this. And then a couple of years ago, uh, a few amateur historians pointed out the same thing. And so uh, essentially, the Marines decided that, you know, this needed to be investigated properly uh, in, a, in a scientific manner so that they could determine exactly why. And it's important to them because, as you said, uh, this photograph represents the Marines, uh, and their history is very important to them. Uh, Some people might find it odd that they would meddle with it after all this time, but it it truly is important to them. Uh, They'll tell you it's not important, actually, who's in the picture because they represent all Marines, but uh, their history is important, and they wanted it to be accurate. Are any of these men, uh, you know, I think most of them are, are, are gone, um, but did any of them have a reaction? Did the Marines have a particular reaction when, when you uncovered your findings? Um, the Marines were quite pleased with my report, and uh, I was told that um, it was my report that prompted them uh, to, uh, to accept the change and to make all the changes on the memorials and all of the... Um, uh, associated um, literature and history. We're talking to Michael Plaxton. He is a forensic video analyst. In other words, he's a super smart guy. Uh, and of course, Michael, <laughs> I, you're one of those guys that I say, how on earth did he figure that out? And, uh, you know, while I have you on the on the phone, I want to take advantage because your work um, was absolutely crucial in the Bosma trial. I mean, you were staked really with the task of collecting the forensic 
print of the vehicle's movements, whether it be uh, Tim Bosma's truck or the movements of the uh, truck belonging to Dellen Millard. And through your work, and I remember we got on the elevator at the same time, during your testimony, and I was like, how on earth did you do that? And I remember you saying to me in the elevator, you know, that it was almost, you know, luck played a role in it. There were so many factors that played a role in you being able to do your work. Can you kind of sum up how it is that you were able to place certain vehicles, being Tim Bosma's and and Dylan Millard's, on a road at a particular time of day? I mean, that was all essentially reenactment, was it not? Um, The... The evidence about the Yukon on Trinity Road going to Tim Bosma's house that I presented was uh, basically a reenactment, yes. Uh, in the sense that, um, as you'll recall from the trial, we we took uh, Della Millard's Yukon uh, back to Trinity Road and placed it in the same uh, spot as the vehicle that we were questioning from the, the night of of uh, the 6th of May, and uh, basically that way we were able to show that there was virtually no difference between the the two vehicles. Uh, As for the vehicles at the side of the road in Brantford, no, that was not a reenactment. That was the actual video uh, from that night. But the painstaking detail, because everything from light of day, time of day, that all mattered. These are things that you can't uh, simply make up and hope that they fit. These are puzzle pieces that have to go together, um, you know, and, and it, the precision itself, I, I would think, is 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 pretty tough. Yes, as as, as it was reported in the papers, um, one of our greatest challenges was with timing because um, uh, pretty much all of the video that, that ended up being uh, used had issues with the time date stamp, and so uh, it it did. It's a very time-consuming thing to verify uh, the accuracy of those things, and uh, so we take into account things like, well, what time did the sunset that day, and do I have something else from another source that can help me uh, pinpoint that? But uh, it's uh, I tell people my job's actually pretty boring, you know, Alex, because I spend a, a great deal of my time just watching video over and over and over and, and amassing all those tiny details that you, you referred to. Boring, but at the end of the day, it's also pretty important and uh, plays a big role. Um, you know, going forward, obviously your work will continue because you still continue to do uh, forensics analysis in court cases. But, uh, you know, to see that you do other work like you did with this photo of Iwo Jima, uh, what are the other avenues that you, that you go down as far as co- the kinds of work you do? Um, well, I, I have my company, New Media Forensics, that... Uh, that I work out of in my off time. So uh, the beauty of that work is that, you know, I can pick and choose. And so I've, I've taken pro bono cases for people that have been unjustly uh, convicted, and I've taken civil cases that I find interesting, as well as the uh, Iwo Jima flag raising. I, I took that basically because it was a, a nice, interesting project. 
interesting and historically uh, important and, of course, uh, will have a a long-lasting and meaningful impact. Have you ever come across a case where you just look at it and say, I don't know if I can do anything with this? Oh, all the time. That happens all the time. Uh, Surveillance video up until recently has been notoriously bad. And, you know, it's probably two or three times a day that uh, I'll be looking into a robbery or break and enter or something of that nature. And there just isn't enough information in the video for me to uh, give the investigators much to go on. And yet, without it, like in particular in the Bosma case, it was such a huge and important part of the case because, you know, the Crown in that case was dealing with no murder weapon and they did not have a body. So they really fell back on things like cell phone technology and, of course, forensics, which I'm not sure people understand, was virtually gathered from all areas uh, crossing from Ancaster right through to Oakville, really to trace the movements of Mark Smitch and Della Millard. Yeah, and and one of the things that happened was the great community response uh, when we put out the request for uh, anybody in the Ancaster area and uh, Kitchener-Waterloo area uh, to give us a call if they had surveillance cameras that pointed to the streets. But that also resulted in really hundreds of calls and um, uh literally hundreds of uh, videos that all had to be uh, gone through individually uh, to see if, if there was anything usable. Uh, and, and that was quite a time-consuming um, exercise. But, you know, you mentioned luck earlier, and a lot of what I do, a certain amount of luck is in, included. Sometimes I'll be looking at a video that I, I actually don't, think is going to give me something, and it turns out to be the one that gives me the most information. And I suppose in that sense, the uh, video from outside the Bobcat dealership mm-hmm. in Brantford uh, uh, was very much like that, because it was a bit surprising that I found anything there. And not to mention, so you're smart and you're very patient, because it would take honest to God patience and diligence to do what you do. Uh, for people that want to see, um, is there any other uh, language or literature that they can get on this uh, finding of yours uh, on the picture of you, would you Well, there's, there's plenty on the Internet. Um, also, the Smithsonian uh, uh, broadcast the documentary uh, in the U.S. yesterday, and it'll be broadcast on the Smithsonian Canada channel. Uh, they haven't announced the date, but I've been told it'll be uh, later this month. Enjoy your uh, your new title, and thank you so much for joining us. No problem, Alex. It was a pleasure talking to you. That is Michael Plax, and he is a forensic video analyst joining us today with his latest discovery.